Welcome into the Chiefs Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Farzin Vesugian. Happy New Year to all of you. Another edition here of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying the holiday festivities and uh, enjoying your New Year, whether you're listening uh, before or uh, listening after or listening during New Year's. That'd be great, too. Uh, nonetheless, appreciate you guys making me part of your day listening to the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Be sure you guys do subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, also, like my Facebook page, Farzine Vesugi, and give my Facebook page a like. And also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. It is the waning moments for the 2015 NFL season. Technically, it'll be 2016, but you guys all get the idea. Season is coming to a close. Uh, and it's crazy because this might be the longest Chiefs season ever. And I know that's that sounds strange. Look, I mean, it's been 17 weeks like all of the other NFL seasons that I've done podcasts here for the Chiefs zone and I've covered the team uh, for, for other media outlets, but this feels like it, it's it's been the the longer one uh, of any NFL season I can recall when it comes to watching the Chiefs. What could have been the narrative right now for the Chiefs? Could have been, hey, Chiefs are playing for a draft pick right now. Top five, po- possibly top ten, who knows. Instead, the Chiefs found a way to rebound from that 1-5 start, and the narrative is now, what a great turnaround by the Kansas City Chiefs, who now have a playoff spot, and possibly, possibly could win the AFC West. The Chiefs had just a 1.4% chance to make it to the playoffs after that 1-5 start, and here they are with a playoff spot locked up, a slim chance to win the AFC West. But either way, they still have a chance for the division. And that itself, after a 1-5 start, that's remarkable to even have the opportunity to win the division at this point. We'll preview the Chiefs and Raiders matchup as Oakland comes to Arrowhead Stadium. And by the way, the game has been flexed to uh, 3.25 p.m. Also, the game will be on Fox while the Broncos and Chargers will be broadcast on CBS. So if you've got multiple TVs in your house, this might be the perfect time to have two TVs in the same room Sunday afternoon so you can watch the Denver game on CBS and then, of course, watch the Chiefs on the uh, bigger screen on Fox. Uh, I'll also do the Around the NFL segment later on in this podcast. I've got only one topic that I'm going to touch on during the Around the NFL segment. And this might come as a surprise to you, but the Chiefs really do have a shot at the Super Bowl. Yes, I said that. And I know what the mentality is. I know what a lot of you guys just said. Before you all hit the pause button, hear me out on this. Because I know a lot of you guys are under the mindset of, hey, look, the Chiefs must win a postseason game first. And I agree. I mean, that's obviously the first step. To, to reaching the Super Bowl, win the first playoff game, whether you're in the wild card round or the the divisional round, whichever game you're playing first. Very, very unlikely the Chiefs end up with a first round bye, but uh, either way, the, the the Chiefs right now have a shot to make it through the AFC, and I'll tell you why later on in this podcast. But first, the Chiefs, and I'll just say this right out of the gate. The Chiefs 
will be a wild card team. They they might end up with the AFC West winning the the division, but to be quite honest, I think the Broncos do defeat the Chargers. So with that prediction alone, that is enough for the Broncos to win the AFC West, and the Chiefs will have to settle with a wild card spot. And, and by the way. I, I still thought the Broncos would beat the Bengals, as, as I said on the podcast earlier this week. But I thought the Bengals had a better chance to beat the Broncos than the Chargers. And the Bengals blew a big lead in that game, a 14-0 lead. A 14-0 lead, a two-possession lead in the NFL is huge. And for the Bengals to let that go, very disappointing. And the Bengals, look, sure, the Bengals could have helped the Chiefs and the Texans, but the Bengals needed that game for themselves and... Hey, look, last Monday Night Football game, why not end it in some drama with that McManus miss right before the end of regulation? Uh, But either way, Denver still found a way to finish on top. And I think Denver wins the AFC If I had to put money down in Vegas, I'm saying Denver wins the AFC West and the Chiefs will be a wildcard team. However, with that said, the Chiefs are... A very dangerous wild card team if they end up with the wild card. Again, very likely they'll be a wild card team. The Chiefs' offense is averaging 29 points per game away from Arrowhead Stadium this year. That includes all eight road games and the match against the Lions at Wembley Stadium. 29 points per game in road and neutral site games this year. The defense on the other side of the football. They allowed just 18.8 points per game, just less than 19 points per game on the road, plus the neutral site game in London against the Lions. So when you look at all eight away games, plus the game at Wembley Stadium against Detroit, the Chiefs finished with an overall record of 6-3 and three in those games. And listen, I know some Chiefs fans will say that by the Chiefs' luck, Indianapolis sneaks through and that they will have all nine of their needed outcomes to go their way and that the Chiefs will play them at Indianapolis. But look, that, that won't happen. Very slim chance. By the way, fun fact, if you do bet $100 in Vegas on the Colts to make it through and become a uh, become winners of the AFC South, I, I read online that you win, a, I believe it's, $147,000, but even if you're not a big gambling person like me, I'm not I'm not really big into sports gambling, if you're in Vegas, if you put down $20 for the Colts to win the AFC South, then you get $30,000, so if I was in Vegas, I, I would put down $20, even though I don't think it's going to happen, but I would put down $20 just to say that I, I, I put money on the Colts, and that I got, hey, look, <laughs> pay off of the car if you can with that. But nonetheless, I, I digress. Uh, a fun fact right there. The Colts, I don't think they're going to get everything going their way. They're in a situation where uh, the tiebreaker comes down to common uh, record against common opponents, strength of schedule, strength of victory. They need teams like the Chiefs, the Jets, uh, I believe uh, the Chargers to lose. I uh, can't remember all of the teams off the top of my head, but there are a lot of teams, the Patriots, one of them, a lot of teams that need to win to strengthen their playoff seeding in the AFC. The Saints also, they're a team that the Colts are relying on. The Saints, an NFC team. So a very rare occasion where an NFC team is a, a, a team that you're relying on, essentially. 
to help get into the playoffs. So uh, there are so many needed outcomes for the Colts, for all of them to go their way, and I just don't think it happens. Now, again, the reason I say that is because the Chiefs will either visit the Texans or the Colts if they end up with a wild card spot. And they'll probably end up visiting the Houston Texans. Now, the Texans, anyone that's followed the league closely, if you've looked at Houston, the Texans, they're a team that has had a quarterback convention this season. Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, who's not even on the team anymore, TJ Yates, now Brandon Whedon is there. And he's won a couple games there. But again, you, you never know with this team. So when you look at Kansas City and how they've done on the road, plus that neutral side game, and I know the London game, they treated that like a home game. I mean, it counts as a home game on the win-loss record. Uh, when you look at the standings, that again, that counts for Kansas City's home game. They uh, took the Chiefs cheerleaders there, the, the uh, scoreboard at Wembley, and the graphics. They used the Chiefs graphics that they use at Arrowhead Stadium. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe they had the same PA announcer at Arrowhead Stadium. It certainly sounded like him. Uh, so it did feel like a home game, but look, it's not in front of the Arrowhead crowd. So that by all means, it wasn't necessarily a home game either. I, I think you guys, I, I think everyone understands that. So the Chiefs had really essentially nine road games this season. And in those nine games, you average 29 points per game, allowed fewer than 19 points per game, and finished with a record of 6-3. and three. The Chiefs might be the most dangerous wildcard team we've seen in recent history. This is the wildcard team that could really sneak through. And next thing you know, they are in the AFC title game competing for a spot in the Super Bowl to represent the AFC. Now, as far as AFC teams go, and I said the Chiefs have a great opportunity to continue this winning streak, assuming they win this week. They can continue this surge throughout the playoffs because the AFC, well, this might be the most wide open conference I have ever seen in the AFC with all six of its teams in the playoffs. Let's look at all six teams and look at their offenses because if I read you all the offenses and how they are right now, I think a lot of you guys might look at this and say, hey, look maybe there is a shot that this team could not only win its first playoff game in nearly 22 years, but also do more than that. The New England Patriots, as great as they've been this year, they've dealt with a ton of injuries, and it's shown on the field. It's affected their performance on the gridiron. The Broncos don't have the most viable offense out there, whether it's Peyton Manning or Brock Osweiler. In fact, I think a lot of Chiefs fans might be rooting for Peyton Manning to be that starting quarterback coming back from his foot injury. The Bengals have A.J. McCarron under center, who still has a lot of growing to do. Andy Dalton may come back for the playoffs, but right now that's uncertain. Looking at the Texans, if they win the AFC South, again, I, I mentioned the, the quarterback situation there. Uh, they've got Brandon Whedon now. That's their fourth starting quarterback this season. The Colts, if they make it to the playoffs somehow, uh, they haven't been great this year. Matt Hasselbeck, Andrew Luck, neither of them have done uh, a great job with this football team. Matt Hasselbeck did get off to a good start with that Colts team. Uh, but right now, the, I mean, the Colts, uh, they're on the brink of elimination. And 
this is a this is an offense that look Andrew Luck's been booed this year, and I've I've touched on that earlier this year on the podcast. Now the Jets, another team that could make the playoffs. How confident are you in that Jets offense? To be honest with you guys, the most dangerous offensive team in the AFC to me is Pittsburgh. And I know that sounds crazy because even Pittsburgh has dealt with an injury. Losing Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger has been out for a couple of games, but now he's back and playing really well as if nothing ever happened. But that that connection with Big Ben and Antonio Brown, I don't, I don't want to go up against that. Sure, the Chiefs did defeat the Steelers this year, but let's remember that was when Landry Jones was playing under center against the Chiefs. And I like Kansas City's defense, don't get me wrong, especially when they're healthy, when you have Tom Bahali and Justin Houston. And the Chiefs did a good job last season when they visited the Steelers, limiting Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. Sure, they did allow a touchdown in that Week 16 game, but still, that's a that's a that's an offense that was held to 20 points. That Chiefs defense still came through, and that was at Heinz Field. So I still like Kansas City's chances, even against... Pittsburgh, but as of right now, Pittsburgh is not one of the six teams in the playoffs. If the if the season ended right now, the Colts are not in and the Steelers are not in. And the Steelers, to me, are the most dangerous offensive team in the AFC. So with the Steelers out, quite honestly, I think the Patriots are the best offensive team in the NFL. After that, I would I would give it to Kansas City. What have the Texans done so much? Uh, to, to show an offensive prowess, or the Bengals with A.J. McCarron, or the Broncos. When you look at the rest of the AFC, and listen, Kansas City has dealt with injuries too. I'm not going to hide from that. They're, they're obviously without Jamal Charles, who might be the most explosive player in the NFL, and then you look at Justin Houston and Tom Bahali, they've been absent lately. In the, but either way, the Chiefs have been winning games. Even without Jamal Charles and then lately without Tom Bahali and Justin Houston, yes, the Chiefs have dealt with injuries like all of these other teams in the AFC, but they've been able to manage it the best. Benjamin Albright, who, by the way, is a great follow on Twitter, he's a sports radio host in Denver, and he pointed out something interesting on Twitter. Uh, he said that outside of Tom Brady, among all, a- all AFC teams and their starting quarterbacks, their current starting quarterbacks, which would be A.J. McCarron, Alex Smith, Brock Osweiler, possibly Brandon Whedon, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick. Those might be your five other starting quarterbacks not named Tom Brady in the AFC. All five of those quarterbacks combined for just one postseason victory in their careers. So obviously that means only one quarterback has a playoff win, and that one quarterback that has a win under his belt, is Alex Smith. So it's very possible that not only do the Chiefs earn their first playoff win in nearly 22 years, but a lot of these quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, might earn their first career playoff win. And these are quarterbacks, look, if you told me before the season that these five quarterbacks, they would be in the postseason playing games, Alex Smith, I would have said sure, but the rest of them, Brandon Whedon, Brock Osweiler, A.J. McCarron, I would have said you're crazy. But obviously, you know, we, we've seen crazy things happen in sports and in life, so 
here we are in the NFL where it is the game is always unpredictable and now we're sitting in a situation where we might witness a wild card weekend where a lot of quarterbacks might get their first career playoff victory again all of these AFC teams have dealt with injuries including Kansas City and like I said a moment ago Kansas City has been able to overcome it the best Winning nine in a row, all without Jamal Charles, that says a lot about this team. And obviously, like I said, they, they've been doing it more recently without their best and most important defensive players in Tom Bahali and Justin Houston. The AFC is wide open, and this would be a wonderful time for the Chiefs to strike and gash through this conference, possibly face New England, maybe Denver or Cincinnati, just depends on outcomes in other games, most likely New England. There's a chance you face New England in the conference title game, and there's an opportunity that you could bring back the Lamar Hunt trophy to Kansas City and have a shot at another trophy, the Vince Lombardi trophy. That's how wide open it is in the AFC. And for the Chiefs, look at the Royals in 2014. I I think all Royals fans wanted was just a postseason appearance and then maybe just a postseason victory then they got more than what they really asked for so if you want a belated christmas gift in january or i guess an early christmas gift in the year 2016 however you want to look at it uh kansas city might be able to bring home a special gift to kansas city and we'll touch on that a little bit more as we preview the chiefs and the raiders but for now it's time to go around the national football league All right, I said I only want to touch on just one topic in the Around the NFL segment, and that is the firing of Chip Kelly, who was the Eagles head coach for nearly three years. And the timing of it is interesting because it happened on a Tuesday late afternoon. Uh, Chip Kelly went 10-6 and his first two years with the Eagles, made the playoffs his first season. But the third year of this stint, the third year of any head coaching stint, it's supposed to be your best one with that team if you're fortunate enough to be able to keep your job that long. And a lot of times, especially in the NFL these days, some teams get impatient. And for the Eagles, that third year, the the expectation didn't go that way. The complete opposite, in fact. For the Eagles, in what they tried to do under Chip Kelly, it just didn't work. Chip Kelly tried to completely change the Eagles roster. Guess what? Andy Reid won with Mike Vick, LaShawn McCoy, Deshaun Jackson, and Jeremy Macklin. He replaced, and when I say he, I'm talking about Chip Kelly. He replaced Mike Vick with Nick Foles, who was then replaced by Mark Sanchez and Sam Bradford. The Eagles' offense was really bad this year. The defense showed no improvement and got worse each season under Chip Kelly. Listen, I agree that a head coaching change was needed in Philadelphia because the Eagles' record the last four years with Andy Reid was 11-5, and 10-6, and 8-8, and 4-12. 11 wins to 10 wins to 8 wins to 4 wins. I, I, you're seeing, obviously, a drop right there in the number of wins in those four years with Andy Reid. So the Eagles, I think, made the right move by making a change there. Unfortunately, it happened to Andy Reid, who, obviously, we have all learned to embrace and love. Uh, unfortunately, the Eagles ended up r- hiring the wrong guy 
to replace Andy Reid. Listen, in the NFL, when you fire a coach and bring in a new one, the goal is that the new head coach can do better than the previous head coach. That was not the case with Chip Kelly. The whole Oregon college gimmick that he tried in Philadelphia, that's not going to fly in the National Football League. This is not college football. And if you are bold enough to make that big of a roster shakeup, you better improve. You better be able to say to everyone, prove all those columnists and sports radio hosts wrong and let them know that you did the right thing by doing this crazy roster shakeup. Otherwise, you pay a big price, and Chip Kelly paid that price on Tuesday on a day where NFL players are given the day off. So essentially, it's an off day for coaches, too, since they're not holding practice. Uh, Chip Kelly ended up getting fired on his off day, which is hard to do in this world. So to wrap up, DeMarco Murray, that's been a mess. I mean, that's that's a non-Oregon connection that he was able to sign in the offseason. But there were reports this year that he's unhappy and that he wishes he was back in Dallas. There are reports that Chip Kelly wasn't even easy to work with in Philadelphia. I mean, wanting all this power to be able to bring all these players in. This season was just a disaster, and the Eagles had to do this by parting ways with Chip Kelly. And look, for Andy Reid, sure... I'm sure he wishes he was there in Philadelphia, but it's a business. The NFL is a business, and sometimes you get let go, and Andy Reid, he he wasted no time trying to find a new job, almost went to Arizona, but came to Kansas City, and he's got something special here in Kansas City. So it it is crazy to see how the NFL works out sometimes. And for Andy Reid, do the Eagles regret letting him go? Like I said, I I think the Eagles made the right move making a head coaching change. But I think when they look at, hey, what we know right now and what Andy Reid's doing right now in Kansas City, sure, I I think the Eagles would like to get a do-over and try to keep Andy Reid and see if whatever he's doing now in Kansas City, he could have done in Philly. But again, we don't live in a world where, hey, what we know now, we would have done this. I mean, you just don't have that kind of opportunities or chances in life, but... Andy Reid, like I said, he's got something special here in Kansas City, and uh, the guy who replaced him wasn't able to uh, lift that franchise that Andy Reid was able to do a lot of special things with. The only thing he could not do was win a Super Bowl there. Hopefully he can do that here in Kansas City as the last step to getting to that Super Bowl, uh, the Chiefs. Going to conclude the regular season against the Oakland Raiders. The Chiefs at 10-5. and 5, The Raiders at 7-8. and 8. And listen, this has been a crazy year for the Raiders. I, I think inconsistency has been a thing. And really, this Raiders team very much reminds me of Kansas City last year where you saw a lot of flashes on this team. A lot of special talent. Some good building blocks here. But the consistency was not there with this football team. They were in position to make the the playoffs at one point, but couldn't hold on to it. And and as we know, Kansas City did take over and did defeat the Raiders at one point to get to this point. But listen, the Raiders' rebuilding era, ever since that Super Bowl loss, that concludes this week. All those years where... Throughout the dark years with North Turner, Art Shell, Lane Kiffin, Tom Cable, Hugh Jackson, Dennis Allen, all those guys, it's all over because Jack Del Rio is the right head coach for the Oakland Raiders. And the Raiders have not been able to finish a, with a record above 500 since 
that Super Bowl loss. There, there have been two seasons where the Raiders did finish exactly at eight, uh, or pardon me, five hundred, winning eight games, uh, and it happened on back-to-back seasons. It might happen three times if they do get a win at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, no matter no matter what, the Raiders will not have finished above five hundred uh, since that Super Bowl loss. Like I said, Jack Del Rio is the right head coach for Oakland, and they will be a threat to win the AFC West in 2016. After that draft, which I was very impressed with uh, by Oakland this past year, I wrote on social media, I I said, Oakland's going to be a dominant team in 2016, and a lot of people laughed at me for that. Now, I think Chiefs fans, even now, are starting to to take notice in this Oakland team. I love Derek Carr, Latavius Murray, and Amari Cooper, the trio there. Uh, Though Cooper has been limited in practice this week because of a foot injury. But they still have Michael Crabtree, who's been able to rebound this year and save his career. On the defensive side, you've got a lot of special talent up front with Khalil Mack, Dan Williams. Great players for Oakland's uh, front seven. And then you've got... Uh, guys in the secondary who made plays. David Amerson, a quarterback who's really come along this year. I touched on him uh, when we did our, our uh, other Chiefs and Raiders preview when the Chiefs went to visit the Raiders. In, in my opinion, a game that might have been the best Chiefs game this year to watch, especially especially with the way the Chiefs came back in that game. But Charles Woodson, uh, obviously he'll get a lot of attention since this is his final game of his illustrious career in the NFL. And he really stepped up this season after being quiet for the last couple of years. And uh, this is going to be a good way for him to go out. Uh, obviously, you'd like to do it with a win. Uh, but nonetheless, it's um, it's it's going to be a special moment for Charles Woodson uh, if he can come away with a defensive score of some sort. And listen, I, I know he's played for the Raiders for a majority of his career, but... I'm a fan of the NFL. Yeah, I, I really am. And I'm a fan of great athletes, especially on on the field, off the field too. And Charles Woodson is one of those guys that I like to root for. And uh, I, I think this this league, this sport will definitely miss him uh, after this game at Arrowhead Stadium. And I hope Chiefs fans can give him a, a, a warm welcome because this is one of the better guys in the NFL. Keys to the game for the Chiefs. The secondary's got to be ready because you might be without Justin Houston and Tom Bahali. And again, Holly might be available. He was almost ready to go last week. Uh, it seemed like that would have been the case. But listen, why not save him for the playoffs? Let's not risk any injury here. Let's be cautious here because the Chiefs do have a playoff spot locked up. And the Chiefs are already dealing with plenty of injuries. Uh, like I said, you're you're without Justin Houston, Maybe Tom Bahali, you all, you already have in, a big injury on the offensive side, and Jamal Charles, you don't want any more. I'll get to that position in just a moment. You can't afford to lose any more guys. You just can't. Let some of these guys recover and bring them back for the playoffs, fresh and ready to go. With that said, you still have D Ford, who, who can make some plays, uh, but he will be facing a solid offensive line. Therefore, the pass rush might not be there. For the Chiefs, which means Marcus Peters, who hasn't been great in coverage, despite being able to uh, come away with eight, eight picks this season, uh, and Sean Smith, uh, those guys need to be on their A game, and Eric Berry, who's ha- had a great comeback this year, and I really hope he gets the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. Uh, Eric Berry's got to be ready for any situation to provide safety help, uh, and that can be r- r- even more challenging uh, without pressure up front. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on for Kansas City's defense. For the offense, don't be afraid to air it out. Alex Smith has done a fantastic job 
during this turnaround, airing it out more, connecting with Jeremy Macklin, and even with Albert Wilson, Travis Kelsey uh, from time to time. Kansas City's passing game is a threat, which... I didn't think we would have said uh, at this point in the season, but Alex Smith, he's committed just five interceptions this year, and this passing game has won the Chiefs some games this during this nine-game winning streak. They, they've been a key factor throughout the surge. And run the ball, too. In Oakland's defense, it's, it, they do have some good players, but as a unit, they don't play very well as a cohesive unit. And since it is the last regular season game, the Chiefs should certainly consider keeping Sharkandrick West and Spencer Ware fresh. Like I said with Justin Houston and Tom Bahali, more so Tom Bahali, I think it's a given that Houston is out for this week. But make sure West and Ware have an equal yet limited amount of snaps and touches in this game. Now, if this game gets out of hand or if Denver has San Diego wrapped up, and listen, we all know in this day and age with technology, there are scoreboards all around the stadium, and the guys upstairs in the, in the booth, the assistants, uh, I, I'm sure they'll have some access or, or will able to find out what, what the score is for other games. Maybe they might even have a TV up there. Uh, you just never know with these guys. Uh, but they can definitely let Andy Reid know in the headset what the score is for that game. And if Denver is bowling out San Diego, look, let's let's keep these guys fresh. Let Niall Davis get in there and uh, get some plays. Let Chase Daniel play uh, at some point in this game in the second half, more so in the fourth quarter. And I hate to say it because I'm a fan of fans getting a bang for their buck uh, at Arrowhead Stadium, but uh, there's a chance you might be paying to see some backups depending on certain outcomes. Uh, listen, I mean, it's just a logical thing. If you know that Denver is leading 49 nothing going into the fourth quarter, you know no matter what, you're going to have the five seed, so why risk injury at that point? And I think this is very logical with Andy Reid because look what he did two years ago in 2013 going to San Diego at that game. Andy Reid said, hey, look, we're the five seed, win or lose, we're going to start all 22 backups. So I think that's the mindset that you've got to have. Uh, so I think being cautious, knowing what the score is in Denver is very important because, like I said, if that's a game that's out of hand, if Denver has a victory, then look, uh, what, what's you're not playing for much. And sure, you, like I said, I, I hate the, the thing I hate the most in the NFL is when teams uh, have a home game in Week 17 and they start their backups instead because th those fans pay a lot of money, especially during the holidays when some people are here, they're off work for a while, they're off, the, home from college, whatever the case may be, and they want to go out to Arrowhead to see their team play. And next thing they know, they they spend a lot of their money on, on a product where you're seeing backups. So I, I hate to say that, but in the NFL, you've got to do what you've got to do to keep your players fresh and ready for the playoffs. I'm all for Herm Edwards' famous quote, you play to win the game, but you also play to be ready for certain situations, and this is not a do-or-die game where you have to win this game or else you don't make the playoffs. The Chiefs already have a playoff spot locked up, so keep your guys fresh. I think that's the number one thing. I would rather lose this game and keep everyone healthy rather than win this game but suffer a couple of injuries, and I think everyone would agree with that. I, I know, I know, a loss to the Raiders, that doesn't sound like the most fun thing in the world, but I think that when you talk about what you need and be ready for the playoffs, that's what the Chiefs have got to do in this game. Nonetheless, though, I do think the Chiefs 
can do those things right there. I think D Ford, the, the the one that I'd be nervous for the most is the defensive uh, key right there because you're you're going to be without Justin Houston and maybe Tom Bahali, but D Ford he could come come through. I mean, he's done it in a, co- in a couple of games this year. In fact, it was D Ford who put pressure on Derek Carr along with uh, along with Derek Johnson. And Josh Manga got the interception that turned the tables in that game. So I think D. Ford can pull through and lift this defense. And I think we could witness somewhat of an offensive battle at Arrowhead. I just don't know if Oakland's defense can hang high in uh, a shootout of any kind. So I think the Chiefs can come away with this win. Uh, my, my score prediction, I, I'll say the Chiefs win this one 35-24. to in Kansas City, the Chiefs finishing with a 10-game winning streak, which, by the way, if the Chiefs do finish with 10 wins, it'll be the first time in franchise history the Chiefs won 10 consecutive games, so it would be a very special moment, moment for this franchise. Also, if the Chiefs do win this game, they'll go 5-1 and one in the AFC West, which would be the first time they won five games since 2003. That was when the Chiefs, of course, were uh, coached by Dick Vermeil. And under center was Trent Green. Uh, in the backfield, you had Priest Holmes. You also had Tony Gonzalez, Eddie Kennis, a lot of great playmakers. And especially up front at the offensive line, some some stout blocking with Willie Rofe, Will Shields, Wegman, other players, uh, Brian Waters as well. Uh, but uh, it, that's the last time the Chiefs went 5-1 and one in the AFC West. So it would be really cool to see the Chiefs do that as well. Win 10 in a row and finish their AFC divisional record with a 5-1 record. That'd be sweet to see. Happy New Year to all of you. Hope you guys had a great 2015. Enjoy the final week of the NFL season. For Chiefs fans, it's not the final week. You will have at least another one, hopefully more. Nonetheless, it's been fun watching this football team, more so in the second half, obviously. Uh, But they're at this point. It is what it is, and the Chiefs found a way to make up for that five-game losing streak, and we'll go to the playoffs. Be sure you guys do subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to the Chiefs on Podcast, and you'll get a new episode whenever a new one is available. Be sure you guys do like my Facebook page, Farzine Vesugian, and also follow me on Twitter, at Farzine21. Love all the social media talk with you guys. Uh, Be sure you guys do continue that with me during the week and on the weekends as well during the games. And uh, let's continue that chatter and carry it over to this podcast. I'm Farzine Vesugian. Thank you so much for listening to the Chiefs on Podcast. Again, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everyone. Have a safe and happy new year. I'll talk to you all in 2016 when we preview the Chiefs postseason game.